What's up, Slags? Thank you for joining us. Today, we have a special little book club episode. Yeah. We will be deep diving into Jessica Simpson's 2020 memoir titled Open Book. So get ready to travel back into the 90s and the early 2000s. For any non-Americans listening, you might be clueless as to who Jessica Simpson is, like I was before we began this episode. But now you know so much. Now I know so much almost against my will uh no i'm kidding i enjoyed it uh it's really fantastic leslie broke down the book and gave us a really good little review so yeah stay tuned if you want to hear about miss jessica's life and the fucking oh we have cameos from (laughs) john mayer we have a willie nelson cameo there's a lot in this book so yeah Stay tuned. Stay tuned, as always. You can find us on Instagram at Slag Radio Pod or on TikTok at Slag Radio. Please send us an email, slagradiopod at gmail.com. And finally, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, hit those five stars, please. Maybe a little review. Anything helps. Let's get into it. Hi, I'm Stella. I'm Leslie. And you're tuned in to Slag Radio. Hit it. Stella's trying to go for a beta on Bumble. <laughs> a bumble beta, if you about. will. Yeah. The bitches do always go for the alphas. Wait, this, I had some uh, notes on this. Yeah, yeah, the bitches do be going for the alphas, me included. I mean, my friends always text me. They go, oh my God, this man's not texting me back. He's so mean to me. How can I get him? I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah, the unobtainable. It's the chase. It's the chase. But also, I'm really fucking tired of the chase. Like, if you're not going to respond and we're not going to meet up, what the fuck is the point? Yeah, that's like bare minimum. It's like, I feel like no man is actually interested in dating. Dude, they they aren't. They're only interested in flirting on text. Like, what are you, eight years old? Yes yes exactly like are we in high school literally um you can go to a chat bot for that an ai <laughs> chat bot or omegle that's yeah. where you get it out yeah god i actually listened to a really interesting um episode of armchair expert yesterday yeah. they were talking to this professor of i think he's a professor of economics but he was talking about like young men and how disaffected they are right now because women are women date um, horizontally and up when it comes to financial status yeah and men date horizontally and down so women are like moving on up in the world and we're dating like more successful people yeah. where like our criteria is pretty like high. high and i mean as it should be yeah and because they're like the uggos who don't have Jobs. like jobs <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like all the fucking women are i like, mean that's your fault for only going for people with less financial resources than you so you can manipulate them into loving you and drip feed them money and attention thinking that they're gonna stay with you yeah and that's how it's been yeah 
it, I would like to date someone who doesn't do the stupid, like, intermittent reinforcement. But it was interesting, like, because those guys are not getting picked, like, on dating apps, it's like, say a group of, like, 50 women is going for the same six men. The other, like, 44 men are, like, twiddling their thumbs. And then they get forced onto, like, fringe parts of the internet where they're like it's women's fault and then they like listen to people like andrew tate and all those like conservative like it's women's faults like I'm people like, but if you're on tinder here's my question aren't there like ten thousand people on tinder like can't you as a medium ugly guy like like can't you get a medium ugly girl i think like, is that not enough for them are they going for like i think I it's because it. women's like we be self-respecting now yeah i mean women's standards are raising and as they should as they should but because men aren't like stepping up to the plate in the same way that we the women are like going for smaller pools of men and we're all going for the same fucking man they're like hot rich successful with the subaru cross the subaru cross track yeah (laughs) i want a subaru cross track boyfriend yeah, it was an interesting episode. I would say listen to it because the guy made some like interesting points. Which I was one also is it? like armchair expert with who? Uh, let me find out. Scott something. That's Dax Shepard, right? Dax Shepard, yeah. Scott Galloway on the crisis facing boys and men. But he, what he's really saying, he's not like being like it's woman's fault. He's like the way that men are like fitting into society now means that they're like tending more to isolation and like yeah. hating women and violence it's sad because it's like women also want things to be better for men like it seems yeah. like the only ones who are like really digging their own graves is those like young men who mm-hmm. who will get left behind because no one's gonna want to fucking procreate with you if you're no. <laughs> a no, misogynist you, you like get left behind in the human race. yeah 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 and it's because we don't have things where it's like oh there's a huge war like everyone's gonna go all the men are gonna go off and like do that i feel like they're like bored by their landscape yeah or something i don't know what it is but they're not like stimulated oh any other updates yeah well so some tv updates just because i've been watching yeah hella tv abba elementary season two Oh, I haven't watched yet. It's really good. Okay. It's really, really fucking good. And I don't know if it's finished. I think it's like still coming out. Yeah, I bet so. They're on the top of their game. And then what we do in the shadows, of course. I need to start watching that. I have, I now have You've multiple friends. You've seen the movie, friends. right? No. I now have multiple friends who are like are obsessed. So I it's feel like it's so fucking funny. It's the kind of show like where I'll suddenly go on my phone and then I'll be like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like missing some amazing comedy. Yeah, here. yeah, like, yeah. Let me not. Um, Loki, not that many people of color on it. Like one guy oh. and he's like the slave. Oh, but it is wow. like funny and self-aware. Okay. But I'm only on the first season. So okay. there's like six or something. There's so still we'll time. And the hulu ads are fucking crazy they're low-key dark as fuck but what ads are you watching okay so they're feeding me um ads for depression and anxiety medication 
the hers ones, the hims ones. Well, Kristen Bell is now the face of for hers. It's it's just weird because it's they're like men, erectile dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women, oh, no, and they won't and even say they won't even say erectile dysfunction. They'll say what do they say? Do you suffer with um, hair loss, ED? I'm like eating disorder. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm no. always like eating disorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, oh no, they yeah. mean erectile dysfunction, and then. It's like, get on top of your game, guys. <laughs> get back on that get horse. Get back on the horse. Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And then the women's one is like, I was so depressed for so long. <laughs> <laughs> this has changed my life. Yeah, it saved me. I'm like, oh my God, why are we like using this rhetoric of the fucking saving? And then there was this, oh my God. First of all, the US is fucking crazy for this. The ads for medication yeah it's just crazy it's just insane but there was an ad for a crohn's disease medication and the music like i guess the composer had been asked to incorporate the word crohn's into the lyrics yeah it was like my crohn's (laughs) and i was like holy shit what is going on and the like tagline was like control is everything and i was like what is like Oh yeah, scary true crime show ads. It's like a oh. vampire comedy show. I'm not trying to like get really like freaked out every time the ads come yeah, on. Yeah, sometimes scary like when a horror movie ad comes on TV and I'm like, this feels it. like a violation of my boundary. Like nobody asked to be scared. Correct. Beauty of horror is you can elect to be scared, yes. but when it's just shown to you, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was pretty much it. Oh, and Miley Cyrus's song Flowers. Oh, I really like it. Do you know it's about cute. the law? Oh, I know all the Easter eggs. Oh, the Easter eggs? Did you watch that YouTube video? Yeah, and the lore. I mean, there are like a couple things. Like, she was riffing off uh, When I Was Your Man. Yes. Which is like the obvious one because it sounds like that. It sounds like it. It drove me nuts for a week because I couldn't. I just listened to it without like knowing about the law. Oh, and you're like, what the fuck is this song? What is this Mm -hmm. melody? Like, why have I heard this melody before? Like, what song is she ripping off? And I was like, in Girl, my like, I was in my sampled.com. Like, You're gonna you. want to remember Thank that. You. I'm aware of that website. <laughs> you got a log on. I would not have let that bother me for even a second. I would be immediately on Google. Like, no, bro. but I knew I could get there oh, on it was my a own. Puzzle. And I was like, this melody is so haunting. <laughs> it literally, literally for a week, I was like, more. what the fuck, Miley? You have ripped off another song. And then I found out the law. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was fun. And then I saw that she wore the same suit that Liam wore. Yes. Uh, to what? To some award show. To some award show, which was fun. She rented the house where Liam used to go meet his lover. That seemed like a little... I think it might be one, true. I'm like, is that verified? Because that's extra juicy. Like, well, I mean, that's really cool, though. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past her. Anyway, it just like serves to prove that she's a fucking legend. Like, yeah, there is nothing more high art to me than referencing another song with your song and like still making it its own like super cool piece mm-hmm. of art. I'm like, damn, you clever bitch. And then also like dunking on your ex. I. I love her phases. I also mm-hmm. think it like really speaks to the way that artistry actually is, which is like you're a chameleon. Like yeah. David Bowie like changed his fucking vibe every whatever thing he released because 
his life was changing yeah. i think if you're like really like committing to your art you need to like commit to the fact that you are changing as a person and therefore yeah. your tastes are going to change i think what's toxic about tiktok is like people get to know you for one thing they want to consume that same one thing and then they feel entitled to that and when you change that they get pissed at you or they get they like your one thing and then they can over consume it to the point at which they're get they get tired of it yes there's there's no winning yeah it's like, not a very a, healthy cycle of yeah art making especially for female artists you you have to constantly reinvent yourself mm -hmm. or else you're irrelevant taylor swift is like i'm she's had to do that with all of her eras and her but albums I think and she's that's on the like top of the truthful. world yeah I think to me i don't do think things. that's like a like she has to change it up i think it's like she's changing it up because she as a person is changing yeah absolutely and it's like yeah. reflects the like phases of, mm -hmm. of her life that's what like if you're gonna commit to your art for your whole life yeah then that is what happens mm -hmm. i like seeing artists take risks and change i think yeah i love it i think it's how we push the culture how it mm -hmm. moves forward because if you if everyone was just doing their like like Drake has been in the same era for like a million years. Drake do be in the same era. Like now he's in his BBL era, but like he's always been in his BBL era. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. yeah. Like if I'm thinking of male artists and like they don't go through the same aesthetic changes or they phases, do. like they do. Like Justin Bieber a little bit. Justin Ed Sheeran's always been the same. Yeah, but that that's not. But those are top artists. Justin Bieber, Ed Sheeran, they're like number one and number two. What they do is they'll like subtly change their sound to like, like reflect the changes whereas yeah. okay there's like more of a demand for visual like stimulation yeah. from women i feel so but i feel like harry styles he's like gone through his yeah. changes his well, phases he, david bowie's like his idol too he's yeah. talked about it in interviews yeah. he he wants to be that kind of out there like yeah fucking david bowie papa prince i think i mean gay icons too though like yeah i guess straight men maybe aren't pulling through wait can you think of a straight very popular male performer that like has gone through like different stages in the uh, way that other artists have i'm trying to think <laughs> like i'm lost for I literally, words because when you said that my first thought was elton john and i was like no <laughs> straight <laughs> like um, i mean harry styles kind of but that was from boy band to now solo act yeah but i think his Car music yeah. has gone through like yeah the visuals and stuff has gone through changes i'm Definitely. trying to think of anyone <laughs> i mean that's what i was about to say i am not a personal fan yeah. of the weekend's music oh. however he does actually a really fucking good job of like keeping totally. things visually stimulating after hours yes that was great he's yeah. always been like I'm horny as fuck. Like, that's his primary vibe. But, like, absolutely. I think he's definitely gone through the stage as well. I have to pee really bad. Okay, but I thought of an artist that I... Who? think they've done really good yeah. stuff. Uh, Tyler, the creator. Oh, yeah. 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 Also, like, Elvis. He went through different, like, phases. Of stealing shit. other people's work. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, like but yeah black music yeah. yes but like visually speaking definitely 
I think musically people find formulas for what works for them. Like Ed Sheeran, he's like. I mean, Ed Sheeran found his going. fan base and he locked them down. <laughs> Have you heard? Give me the shivers. Oh God. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah. You've been watching The Last of Us, right? Oh, I've been watching Pedro Pascal. Okay. I don't know about the plot. I honestly don't even like it that much. Oh. I just think he's so hot. Yeah. Like, oh my God. The Walking Dead, I think, I like more as like a zombie TV show. The Last of Us, I do like their zombies though. Like, it's like 2023 pandemic. It's a fungi yeah. now instead of a virus. Okay. I like the way the zombies move and they're really creepy. Like I like the visuals of the zombies. Sure. It feels unique. Um, it, it's good. It's just like a little bit slow for me. Okay. But Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. So hot. Yes. I'm going to watch like anything he's in. Yeah. Have you seen Narcos? No, I'm going to start watching that. And Game of Thrones. That's pure Pedro thirst trap. Is uh, Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. The actual meat of this episode. The is- actual meat of this episode is about Jessica Simpson. I'm standing here with her 2020 memoir called Open Book. It's from 2020. And I thought that as a fun little book club, I could read the whole thing and then regurgitate it to you. Uh, it's just interesting because, like, you know American culture enough to know, like, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, but Jessica Simpson was in that same bunch of girls at the same time. Yeah, but she's not as famous as... you don't know her because she was... Ex-Tina. In the shadow. She was in the shadow of both of those ladies. Yeah, what do you know about Jessica Simpson? Literally fuck all. Literally fuck all. I literally don't know who she is. She's a singer. She's a singer. She's an actress too. She, do you, she's also famous for her clothing line, the Jessica Simpson Collection, which I didn't realize, but it literally raked in a billion dollars. What? Like this collection is insanely lucrative. What? Yeah. She later goes on to do that in her career. <sighs> she had a reality show with her then husband at the time, Nick Lachey. Who you know from Love is Blind. The, the host. reunion. Yeah. The host of of Love is Blind. Is he the host or just He's the reunion the host. host? Season one, two, three. He's there. Where where does he crop up though? Like literally every episode. <laughs> like He's the one who's like, hey guys, are you ready to start this journey of love? And then he talks with his wife, Vanessa Lachey. And they're like... You wish you had the love like we have the love. Like, come on this reality <laughs> they show. They like, rubbing their love. Yes, literally. Yeah, and I think okay. they did another one too. Yeah, but he's but. not in the bulk of the episodes because they're no, just like... No, the episodes are mainly just them. Pure edits. Um, But yeah, anyway, she gets married to Nick Lachey when she was young. Right. And there was a certain moment from their a reality show that they did called Newlyweds. Okay. And it was like in the early days of reality TV. There's this scene where she's eating tuna and the tuna brand is labeled chicken of the sea. So she just asks her husband, she goes, is this chicken what I'm eating or is it tuna? Like, I know it says chicken of the sea, but is it tuna? And literally the whole world proceeds to like 
destroy Jessica Simpson. Like, there are SNL sketches about the chicken of the sea. It's like this viral moment of, like, look how stupid Jessica Simpson is. Damn. Which is like, if there were cameras filming you in your every moment... Well, this is why you, you would should say never some dumb shit. <laughs> TV show. That's like a normal question, I think. Like, <laughs> tuna's not the chicken of the sea in my mind. Like, yes, I don't it think is. of chicken when me. I think of tuna. I, well, they're not the same thing, no. But if you're going to say, like, what's the chicken of the sea, I'd say tuna because you can make a chicken salad. It's because you eat it. But, like, a physically, salad. a tuna does not look like a chicken. <laughs> No, it doesn't. But I think it's so like ubiquitous yeah. in, at mealtimes that I think you can make it like a salad or a salad sandwich. I just think that... Out of both of them. She was unjustly tortured well, for this passing comment. You know who should get tortured? Whoever called that thing chicken of the sea. Yeah. No one needed that phrase. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> Sorry. Where did you buy this book? And I got this from the Little Free Library down the street. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I didn't buy it. Okay. And I actually p- marked it up in pen, and uh, now I feel bad returning it to the Little Free Library. Whoa. Yeah, you can't now. Can you? I mean, I could. Kind of be a dick move, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to read it again. <laughs> did you read the one I gave you from the library? The Wow No Thank You? Oh no, that's up next though. Okay. I it's trust me, I have so okay. many books that I have to read. Um <laughs> Oh I, I believe you. Me. I'm a busy trust girl. Me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so strap in. Are you comfortable? I'm strapped. Do you need anything? No. Okay. Maybe a little bottomy after. Will this. to live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the book starts. Are you just going to read this from cover to cover? What's no, the plan? No, girl, but I have I have a lot of notes, okay? So the book starts. <laughs> it's Halloween 2017. Oh, she, she be- classic. She, she begins this book at kind of a breakdown point in her life. And then she proceeds to tell us a story, basically, Ooh. that led to this breakdown. But the breakdown right. kind of goes as follows. It's 2017. Jessica is bringing her daughter to elementary school on Halloween morning. And she has her glitter cup with her. She calls it her glitter cup. It's filled with vodka. 7 a.m. She's sipping on it. Whoa. Yeah, she's she's in full oh, alcoholic mode. Oh, we're in the deep mode. end here. Yeah. Okay. She, so she's, she's drunk at the elementary school or maybe tipsy because she says at this point two, two shots of vodka isn't doing much for her. She takes her kid to this elementary school play. She watches her kid you know perform she returns home she's got party rental trucks she's having a huge halloween bash okay she has been writing a lot of music recently kind of trying to get back into it Mm -hmm. um and the music has been about her dad who left her mom and also used to be her manager so she has a very complicated relationship with her dad sure so she's like emotionally in the turmoil. She's using alcohol to kind of get through she's it. She's numbing. She's numbing. Basically, the the day is a disaster. She is dressed up as Willie Nelson this entire time, like full beard. Lovely. She has rented like 20 golf carts for the kids to take around the gated community. Ah. But she she's unable to go because she's so 
at this point it's like the evening she's drunk and she's just like having this emotional crisis she wakes up the next day and her friends who are also like her manager and her hairstylist like these like nine people around her they now have an intervention with her oh, that good. they've been planning for months so they part have of this me wants to like sorry what yeah i just have always wanted to be part of an intervention right like this the drama <laughs> you i don't know if i would want to be actually part, i don't know if i'd want to be probably I mean, insanely uncomfortable it's probably so uncomfortable especially for the person i mean i would hate to do be you know what i completely take back that sentence but i would like to be a fly on the wall yeah. at an intervention i mean just to see what like i'm just like how does that even go down like that's probably the most confrontational we as humans in like i guess western society ever get i mean that's like the quickest way to make someone feel really defensive and like you're just suddenly like 10 people are around you all telling you that you have a problem i feel like any person would be like i don't have a problem get away from me fuck off like, have, you know the in- intervention scene in the sopranos yes so iconic <laughs> see you could be a fly on a wall see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just watch but that's, it not that's not real that's not yeah real. so anyway she's like how did we get here how did we get here jessica flashback to 1982 i we're seeing a lot of eye rolls from stella right now yeah i'm just like okay yeah you don't have a lot of faith in Jessica. I, to be I honest, am like lacking in any kind of empathy for her at this p- point in time. I hope that this empathy builds because we're going back to childhood. And oh. childhood was not great for her. Oh, God. So it starts out with a car crash. She's like two years old. She gets sent flying through the front windshield of her, of her uh, car. Mo- I think she like actually caused the car crash because she started crawling on her mom oh um but anyway she ends up in the hospital and she develops a stutter because of the car crash something happened in her brain but she doesn't remember this car crash she's two years old right like i feel like you would be older in this scenario but i don't know again i think there's a ghost rider there's a lot of research involved here who knows the point is she develops a stutter after a car crash okay and she learns, some teacher of hers suggests that she starts singing her words in order to like, you know, <laughs> another eye roll from Stella. This is how she finds her love of singing. Okay. <laughs> then the Good sexual abuse begins. Oh no, okay. Trigger warning. Oh Jesus. Maybe skip ahead about a couple minutes. Basically, so there's a family friend, a, uh, the kid of a family friend. She's actually a a girl who's a little older than her but still a young girl and it starts with like tick she's like tickling jessica in bed and then she starts like touching jessica and she jessica never tells anyone and this abuse goes on for years and this girl is like you know just like sexually abusing jessica in this bed she doesn't tell her parents she's kind of like she knows that if she tells her parents then the girl will feel ashamed so she's like almost protecting her abuser at this young age she's also in bed with her younger sister ashley simpson right who goes on to have a career of her own but she's in the middle between her abuser and ashley so this whole time she's 
also trying to protect her sister, her sister. from being like abused God. as well so she finally like tells her parents and it's kind of like awkward and they don't really talk about it but they never go back again so the abuse stops once her parents kind of realize what's going on right and they don't visit the family again sure um later on she confides in a friend at high school about this sexual abuse yeah and the friend and her are both kind of into the same guy and the friend gets jealous that the guy gives jessica attention so the next day she comes to school and she's spread a rumor that jessica has been sexually abusing her so everyone is chanting lesbian at jessica and also saying she's a creep or whatever great so like not only does everyone know about her sexual abuse but like they're also thinking that she is the one who's like abusing her friend so this is like pretty fucking traumatic for her that's really fucking traumatic Um, she that's a bad friend that happens later on in high school but in the meantime before high school she gets noticed at church group singing She's, like, singing. They're, like, you're such an amazing singer. So her parents are, like, cha-ching. We're taking you to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse to audition. You might know the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in the, I think it was in the 90s. Yeah, like Justin Timberlake, right? Yeah, JT, Ryan Gosling, um, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera all auditioned with jessica simpson at the time so they're all like literally 10 years old like running around she goes through this like intensive training like it's like a a week of camp like dancing singing preparing for this audition she goes to the audition she's about to to you know audition and a girl arrives this girl's name is britney spears right and she actually first christina aguilera performs she kills it then jessica goes on she bombs it and then britney spears goes on she blows everybody out of the water right they were originally gonna take eight kids and they actually decided not to take jessica and they just only took seven kids right so, so this is her it was villain a origin this story? is her villain origin story I mean, absolutely I, I mean Okay, yeah. Yeah, give me your take. That's tough, but it's also like, this is fucking Hollywood. Like, yeah. If you don't perform, like, how are you going to get mm-hmm. in, sweetie pie? <laughs> I know you're 10 years old, yeah. but like. I mean, that's you, you made it to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. That's crazy in that's, the first place. That's great in the first place. I don't know. I'm like, that is something I'm like, that would definitely knock your confidence, but also like. I kind of just like blame the parents, but if your Bro. kid is not like slaying before, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, maybe so don't. her parents are in- interesting. She grew up in Texas, travel at- with like a traveling preacher dad. So her parents were always like pretty poor, and Jessica saw herself as like I'm gonna get my family out of poverty, you right. know. And like okay. her parents definitely thought that too. They were like, she's, oh, gonna she's get already us hope, out. yeah. Type of beat. Okay. Um little uh little quote from this book there was one boy running around the pool she's at mickey mouse clubhouse 
completely on, like he knew the audition finals had already started. He kept doing backflips into the pool, totally <laughs> grabbing everyone's attention. He eventually came over to where I was standing. Hi, I'm Justin Timberlake, he said. No, the Memphis he didn't accent say stronger than Justin it is. Timberlake. No. He didn't say his full name. <laughs> I'm telling you, this ghostwriter. Oh. Right away, another boy appeared. He was there with his mom, all the way from Canada. I liked Ryan Gosling very much. I decided he was definitely the cutest there. Then there was Christina Aguilera, this timid, frankly kind of mousy girl in glasses from Pittsburgh. She was known for singing the Star Spangled Banner before the Penguins and Pirates game and had a local reputation as the little girl with the big voice. Okay. So she meets all these kids at Star Search. She says Justin and Ryan were huge flirts and she was the girl that they focused on. Ryan was her very first crush. God, she's really milking this book for all it's worth. Though. Oh, she's, she's like, she spends pages on the Mickey Mouse oh Clubhouse, which she didn't, she, which she wasn't in. Okay, she well, this is like the week, very intensive week before the tryouts. Then she doesn't make it. She comes back. Everybody at school makes fun of her because they're like, "You didn't make it. You didn't make it. Like you're lying. Like you didn't actually go. Like they think she's like pretending or something." So she she comes home. She's embarrassed. She joins the cheerleading squad at high school. She's trying to live like a normal teen life now. Okay. She gets bullied quite a bit. She has these big boobs that like run her life as a kid because she develops a lot quicker. So like at church camp, all these grown men are like, like she's a heathen. Like she's like a slut. And like she's just wearing normal clothes. But like she has big boobs. So like. She's very ashamed of, like, her giant tits. Relatable. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, she, that happens, though. Like, if you've got big titties, like, I start getting catcalled at the age of 13. My God. 13! Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, yeah, a lot of that happens. Eventually, though. Um, oh, one particularly mortifying detail is that she is cheerleading alongside a basketball game and suddenly the cheerleaders all start chanting lesbian lesbian at her and she runs away from the game so like this like lesbian rumor or whatever like related to her quite pervasive quite pervasive eventually she she moves out of her high school she she moves to nashville for a little bit she's now working on a gospel album Mm -hmm. she's using the connections i think her dad who's now like a preacher at a mega church like he has some connections so she's in nashville got some money now she's 15 years old she's doing like eight to ten hour days in the studio she's she's gospeling okay she's gospeling she is starting to get noticed and she's like shopping herself around to record labels now and they she she sings i will always love you for a record label and i think it's rac is that a record label rca rca yeah and they go oh that's interesting this blonde girl who looks just like you we just signed her and she just auditioned with the same song Britney Spears once again so she's like still kind of in the shadow of Britney finally though a label does sign her um do you know Tommy Matola? no he was married to Mariah Carey he's like oh, this older yeah. like record label like yeah. dude 
immediately as she gets signed, she gets told to lose 15 pounds. At this time, she's 118 pounds. And they're like, you gotta lose 15. So she starts taking diet pills and she stays taking them for 20 years. Why are they... Why... She's 5'3 and 118 pounds. And they're like, you need to lose 20 or 15. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she's working on her album. And right before her album is set to be released, Britney's album gets pushed. So they're pushing Britney's album. And then because they're pushing Britney's album, Christina's album gets rushed and gets put put out too because they're all competing. And now Jessica is like, kind of third you know again just kind of overshadowed by those albums they're trying to kind of make her a britney mariah overlap like but a lot of she's getting told her songs aren't like poppy enough she's like really into gospel still like she's like a religious like christian girl like she's like i'm a i'm a texas Mm. girl you know now she meets nick lachey enter nick lachey he is in a boy band called 98 Degrees. I had no idea that he was in a boy band. Um, but he's 25 years old and she's 18. Hmm. Um, so, like, a little bit of an age gap. They start dating. She, like, performs with him at 98 Degrees shows. She, like, open up, opens up for them. She gets booed on stage because all the girls hate her because she's dating Nick Lachey. Um yeah and so there's like a lot of negative attention Mm. still the record label is constantly telling her to show more skin to be sexier and she's like very uncomfortable with her own body with like being in these music videos where she's like in a huge you know crop top and everything um but she does it she does it she loses the 15 pounds she's like sexed up now making the music Jessica tells it it gets out that Jessica's waiting for marriage. She's 18. Every single interview that they do with her and Nick Lachey, they start out by asking Nick how he feels about her waiting for marriage. This like 26-year-old man now. <sighs> so yeah, that sucks. Um, she releases a music video, it goes well, and then Tommy Matola says that was great, but I want a six-pack in the next video. Janet Jackson abs. <laughs> so she's like, all right, we're getting that six-pack. She eventually paints on a six-pack for her performances sometimes, uh, which is, like, jarring. Um, she has a couple health complications at a young age. Oh. She she has a cyst on her ovaries. They drain two and a half liters from this cyst, and she's, like, in the hospital. They cut one of her fallopian tubes um she's dieting more she's dieting more she gets some kidney failure she's in the hospital again celine dion calls her in the hospital oh and starts like singing to her and telling her nice things like i saw your music video i loved it (laughs) which is like really cute actually um she ends up doing disney grad nights she's like still in this kind of like disney like teen circuit with beyonce she meets beyonce during this time they have a cute little friendship nick originally was the one who was more successful than jessica 
and as they start dating the tides are turning jessica is becoming more popular than nick the tensions are rising so they break up they're broken up for a couple months and you know what brings them back together what 9 11 oh they were like baby I miss you so much. Like, come home. If it's so scary ending, out there. the world was ending, you'd come over, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'd come over and you'd stay the night. <laughs> yeah, literally. They're like, if the world was ending, please come back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're back. A little, a cute little detail. Um, her grandma passes away. And as her grandma passes away, she requests that. Did you say cute detail? Okay, but this is the part that's oh, cute. Oh, okay. Her grandma requests that sh- they play, um eye is on the sparrow or his eye is on the sparrow it's this gospel song right that jessica just like has on one of her albums okay it's it's really weird i listened to one of her albums it's like all these like whatever like pop songs or like love soul songs and then there's just like a gospel song on the like the last track it's really weird there's like clapping and like whatever it's like right yeah anyway her grandmother passes away (laughs) listening to his eyes on the sparrow Nick proposes to her in Hawaii. She's 21 years old. Okay. They, he originally wants to sign a prenup because, again, he's much more wealthy than her at this point. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, like, this is true love. We're not doing a prenup. That eventually ends up biting her in the ass because when they divorce, she's like so much more wealthy than he is. Oh, and he gets she, She has to give him millions in order to divorce him. Yeah. Um, but anyway at this point they're still together right as they marry they are um propositioned to do this mtv reality show called newlyweds this is at the time where like reality shows are not that popular i think they did like the osbournes like yeah that was the time yeah so this is when the chicken of the sea incident happens right um she becomes a laughing stock for the nation there are these snl skits about it justin timberlake plays her in the snl skit Ooh, which is like like there are so many moments okay where I'm like, but fuck like, you jt okay i'm like yes but also like she's it's giving like victim complex vibes like how so just with the whole audition thing like i didn't get in their oh, albums I mean- were released at the same time as mine that was a personal attack on me <laughs> like that's how it I don't sounds feel bad for her in that sense i i think i feel bad for the fact that like from a young age like she's kind of this naive girl and like everything is about like men using her for like sex and money like but her- how naive is she actually like I mean, really fucking naive apparently okay i don't want to be mean uh, miss jessica has been through a lot she's been through a lot at this point but i'm finding it very difficult to like latch on to this like yeah oh i'm the laughing stock of the nation like kind of no well okay here's the thing though <laughs> like you think that pop stars have all this power because you're like famous but she has no she doesn't actually have that much power she has money but a lot at this point all of the money's going to her dad her dad made some deals on her behalf that he had to pay out after she like she made money for him like her dad is her manager it's never work shady. with your family yeah, i think she like people think that she has all this power because she's a pop star but everything she does is is being controlled by the record label like she can't actually use the 
power that she has like she has influence but like she, her life right now is being controlled by the record label so like, yes i do feel bad for like the 18 year old girl i mean there are worse problems to have in this world but like as far as like being a pop star goes like it's not yeah, all yeah, like rainbows and butterflies no, for her is all i'm saying no no, no i know like, it's not but yeah. i think it's also like you you do have some semblance of sentience at 18 yeah. years old. Like, yeah. I think it's not that... Like, if you want to be a pop star, like, that is, like... That is what being a pop... Like, that's what it that's is. That's what it yeah. is. The label controls you. Like, that yeah. is what happens. And she did get, ultimately, like, what she wants. She wasn't number one. She wasn't, like, number three or four. But, like... I we mean, know she, who was first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Okay. This is sure. the. This is so funny to me. She ends up performing. I think she's like performing at the White House or something. Okay. She meets the Secretary of the Interior, and she goes, <laughs> "I love what you've done with the place." Like, like the decorations. <laughs> like, she has no idea what the Secretary of Interior actually no. means. Anyway, Nick starts to resent Jess. He, she says he can barely even look at her. He thinks that she's spoiled. He's jealous of her. He's, like, going out of his way to just, like, be in a different city than her. Their mm -hmm. marriage is crumbling. And meanwhile, she's now... Um, like shooting movies she's shooting like romantic comedies okay i think she does employee of the month she does dukes of hazard sure on the set of dukes of hazard she's filming with willie nelson and johnny knoxville fun little cameo here Classic. she begins an emotional affair with johnny knoxville oh no way johnny if you don't know him he's um from jackass yes jackass he's like hot as Wait, hell let me look up johnny knoxville yeah again. he's like oh he's the he's hottest hot. of all it's like he's johnny like knoxville then cool. steve-o then i love steve-o too i was like a big oh jackass girly i don't know why yeah, he stays hot, he too. Stays I'm like, it's hot because he's, like, literally put his body through the ringer. Like, this man has has kissed death so many so times. So many times. God, he's cute. He probably has CTE, though. Like, he'd probably beat you. Sorry. Why, why would you say that? Just think, like, have you seen the things he does on Jackass? He, like, rides bulls and shit. Yeah, like, but I don't know about the CTE diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting ahead of myself. Steve-O. Steve-O's also hot. My ex like, really looks hot. like Steve-O. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he does kind of? Yeah, it's really... I love oh, Steve-O. sweet lord. Okay. Anyway, Johnny Knoxville is married at the time. So is she. But they're, like, writing love letters to each other. They're, like, nice. getting really close. Willie Nelson becomes, like, her very grandfather or whatever. Yeah he like gives her marriage advice they're still friends to this day nice they refer to each other as daisy and whatever like still from the name of Ooh, the, the pet names <laughs> um okay. jessica said that on the filming of dukes of hazard she understood that she was being hired for her body like an athlete would almost like that was why she was in the film right so but like she was still very like i mean she's she's still like very uncomfortable shooting the scenes she says that she wears this big heavy robe like the second the camera why cuts is she doing this shit she, i don't i think she just like wants to be a pop star like she seems like she has no she's acting like she has like, no choice in the matter yeah. but like does she i mean 
maybe she doesn't and that's fucking awful if she doesn't but also i think a lot of it is like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do this like this is the next step to the career that you want and but like so i think that she's doing these things because she knows that she has to because that's the career like men just stay being gross yeah men yeah she goes to the middle east a lot during this (laughs) this she's always like like supporting the troops she's like then they're like like they need me in afghanistan like i need to go sing for them so like okay like there are like five portions in this book where she's like like in a war zone (laughs) i don't know why like it's weird um anyway she meanwhile she sees johnny knoxville go on the howard stern show and howard stern asks if he's ever had sex with jessica simpson and he says no it's like on a lie detector and she's just like kind of grossed out by like the fact that he would even like like answer the question yeah she's like hurt by that so she ends things with johnny right she ends the emotional affair um she decides to divorce nick she tells nick she's getting on a plane they haven't released it to the press yet sure on this plane the notebook starts playing she says that she turned down the role for the notebook because they had a sex scene in it and they refused to take it out i'm a little shocked that they were going jessica simpson route when they ended up casting rachel mcadams but it was also with ryan gosling so she's like watching this movie with ryan gosling like bawling her eyes out like her marriage is over she made it just starts playing like she she put it on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i'm so, so like, tired of this like these all these things keep happening to me no you're like creating a narrative out of all of this shit <laughs> okay i need i need okay the this. mickey mouse clubhouse people are coming back to like haunt, <laughs> haunt you. you right okay um okay uh, anyway she i don't think you understand like the like the the like how much media attention she got though at the time like she was like abused in the press not abused but like she was a laughing stock of the nation like everyone hated is that what she's saying no i remember this oh okay i like jessica simpson all i remember is that she was a dumb blonde like that's the only that was her defining career thing was like being a dumbass so like I do feel for her in that regard, but I I definitely her actions are also like reaffirming a lot of this. This is very true. Okay, not to be like I I feel like I'm coming to the table with a lot of internalized like misogyny, maybe. But it's okay. I'm also like, no. We have we have more to get through. So finally, she she returns to LA. The paparazzi are. She says that there are helicopters circling her house. I'm like, is that the thing that paparazzi do? whatever she says that paparazzi are like ruining or really running her life at this point she can't really go anywhere she's like being talked about so much right she finally moves into her own house not the one that she shared with nick lachey at newlyweds she's like like, okay i have my own house she's living the single life she's dating guys nick lachey releases his music video for what's left of what's left of me the song it's like his divorce anthem right. and he casts vanessa to play jessica simpson like vanessa lachey his future wife eventually she starts the jessica simpson collection she's like i want to her whole thing in this book is like i want to to clothe the normal girl the everyday girl i want to make the everyday girl feel like a pop star I'm like, I think you just wanted to make a, a couple mil. 
yeah. I think that's why most people start you clothing to get lines. Your bag, babes. But she says she fine. just wanted to make people feel good. I don't know. It ends up being a really good thing for her though, because this is what releases her from the labels and the movies. She can like she has enough money now where she can like sing on her own terms, and she doesn't have to like be doing the sexed up thing anymore. So she's not like relying on the record labels Great. as much. She's she's made her bag. Um, she meets John Mayer in 2005. Whoa. She begins a relationship with John Mayer that is like so fucking toxic. He immediately becomes obsessed with her while also like negging her the entire time. He has this thing where he keeps talking about like her potential. He's like, you have so much potential. Like, I just want to see like the woman that like, you can become oh and she's like what about me now you know like but he he's like just like you know the film bro the like the the dark artist he's who's the like, he's the book the guitar bro yes is what he is. exactly um let me find the the john mayer part because there are some fucked up things in here It was on that trip that I felt the full intensity of his obsession with me. It was a drug to me. He studied every inch of my body, every detail of my face. He photographed me constantly, to the point that I was worried he was keeping souvenirs before dumping me again. Oh, yeah, so he he has this thing where he dumps her on email constantly. Like, he'll dump her and then get back together and then dump her on email. And she stays with it because I don't know why. She's, like... She has low self-esteem. Yeah, like, she does. She does. And there's, like, a kind of a mutual obsession thing. But um, he follows her to London. He breaks up with her on email, follows her to London, and, like, stalks her. Like, she thinks she sees him one night, and then she's, like, no. And then the next night, he's, like, at a party. Like, he just shows up. What? He's like, yeah. Um, it, here's a quote from her. It was two months later, late November, and John had already broken up with me again at least once. Honestly, he did it so many times I lost track. Always in an email. Sometimes it was out of the blue. Other times I knew it was coming because my light would start to go dim. John loved me when I was shining and he drew strength and inspiration to write from that light. He would grill me about my life, asking me questions about the men I had been with and the choices I had made. When he tapped me dry, he looked at me like I was withholding something from him. He would tell me that my true self was so much greater than the person I was settling on being. Like there was some great woman inside of me waiting to come out. And I had to hurry up and find her because he wanted to love that woman. He dumped me, then come back saying he had discovered he loved me after all. I always saw him as mercifully taking me in from the cold. Every time John returned, I thought it was a continuation of a love story. While my friends saw a guy coming back for sex with some foolish girl. Well, she's putting friend she is words in her. Pretty foolish. She, she says at one point, helping herself. At one point, she says she was so afraid of disappointing him that she couldn't even text him without having someone check her grammar and spelling. And this is when she starts drinking more. Dude, I mean, John Mayer, that's really fucked up behavior from him. She ain't helping herself, She's though. She's not helping. 
yeah it's like no one's forcing you to be in this relationship but well i mean okay that i don't want to look victim blame in any way like if you're in an emotionally manipulative relationship like that and you do have so low self-esteem it's very difficult to pull yourself out of the cycle yeah. so it's like the cycle yeah abuse. but at the same time like if she has all this power and this money and this like fucking seemingly now at this point right she's like out of her her contracts then it's within her she's finally in her dating era like she she has not been at a like before she was a teenager and then she she got engaged to nick lachey that went terribly she's now finally like a sentient being who can date for the first time and she like she slept with a bunch of guys dated around and then like she's now dating john mayer Mm -hmm. and i think i i don't know i mean i think she just like is learning some of these lessons very late in in the game and definitely acting foolishly um there's this one point at which so john she's performing for a dolly parton uh tribute concert in front of the president and dolly parton nice and john had just broken up with her over email um he'd followed it up by sending me a song she says aerosmith's angel a 20 year old (laughs) so he 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 emails her breaking up and then like sends her this aerosmith song attached she's like drunk she's feeling terrible she she starts singing nine to five and then like she's doing it so badly that the band stops to like presumably start over again and she says quote i'm so sorry it's an honor to be here but this song is too good for me i'm so nervous and then she walks off stage like she runs off stage later they ask her to like redo the song in front of an empty crowd for the tv and she still can't do it like she just refuses great dolly like comforts her during this time um but it's a total bomb she decides to start making a country album and dolly like invites her to her compound gives her a few demos sends her on her way Mm -hmm. she releases a country album okay she finally breaks up with john she sees on tv a football player named what the fuck is his name tony romo and they asked Tony, what is your dream girl? And he says, Jessica Simpson. So she calls him up and she's like, what's up? Like, let's date. <laughs> she gives him a shot. He ends up being a pretty good guy, but he's like a total fucking... He's actually not a very good guy. Um, he had this rule with her where he's like, my only rule, rule, my only rule is that you can't act in movies with an on-screen kiss. Which is like her entire that's that just rules out romantic comedies for right, her. Which she is can't her act main in movies. Bag. Yeah. And she wants to. She wants to keep acting, but she can't. She sacrifices that, whatever. Yep. She she shows up to a football game at one point to like you know, support him. She's like excited to be a football girlfriend. She puts on her little pink jersey. He proceeds to play the worst game of his life. Oh. And the crowd starts chanting, send Jessica home. Send Jessica home. Are you for real? I'm for real. The whole crowd, they blame it on her for him losing. It happens a couple times. People start dressing up like her in the crowd, like with a blonde wig and a pink thing. So she's like, all right, like, I'm not going to show up to the games anymore. 
um she ends up she's on like a country you know, swing she's opening up for rascal flats she's in florida at a chili cook-off event okay and she says that she feels really beautiful like she's feeling herself she's in these jeans this black bodysuit and a cheetah belt she's finally just kind of like in the swing of things she feels yeah. like she's where she's supposed to be She's doing music she likes more on her terms. Great. She's no longer like on diet pills. She's 120 pounds at this point. Okay. Okay. The next day, the tabloids are filled with photos from the chili cook-off of her performing. And there are all all these side-by-sides of her from Dukes of Hazzard and her now... And everyone's dissecting her body weight. She's, like, a headline for, like, weeks and weeks. Jeez. Do you want to see these photos? Yeah. I was shocked when I saw these photos. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what she looked like. Right. Like, classic, regular She's just, like, literally a thin white woman. Yeah. It was called, like, the mom jeans debacle. Everyone was like, this is why you shouldn't wear mom jeans. Like, she looks great. What the fuck? Yeah, but all of these photos, like, so many photos get posted. This, like, destroys her self-confidence. She's, like, every time she performs now, she's thinking about, are there people watching me? Are there photos being taken? I mean, yes, there are. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) There are people watching you when you are on the stage. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Chili Cook-Off, it does not go well. um that's rough yeah she gets it her nickname becomes jumbo jessica sorry Um, who came up with that yeah literally um that's not i mean that's not her like people and mean people and tabloids are calling her that right yeah quote it was awful but the worst part was this my very first thought was not my pain at becoming a joke and everyone laughing at me no it was Oh no, I feel so bad that Tony has to be with the fat girl. What was he going to do when he saw me? Was he going to break up with me? Did he feel that way about my body and just didn't know how to tell me? And then I I actually really like this paragraph. Um, This is how she kind of like addressed the situation. Mm -hmm. She goes, quote, So I wouldn't tell anyone that the jeans were a size 25 waist, which is an American four. I wouldn't go on talk shows to say I was about 120 pounds when their photos were taken. The media guesstimated much higher numbers. The fact that I was that skinny and that I was deemed overweight still frightens me. No way was I going to go out there and turn on my sisters by saying, oh no, you're mistaken. It was the angle and the fit. I'm actually a size four. What would that do to my young fans who may have been a size bigger or 20 sizes bigger? My publicist Lauren got so many requests for photo shoots and sit down interviews to quote, set the record straight. It seemed like negotiating with a hostage taker. If I disavowed having a regular body, no one would get hurt, except everybody would get hurt. We refused the request, unwilling to play into the game of shaming women. Which I'm actually like- That's good. Good, Powerful. good for you, Jess. Yeah. Good for good you. Jessica. 
she rethought her entire wardrobe for the rest of the tour quote what could invite people to make fun of me i instinctively added a black vest just like my days of performing at church camp as a kid when my body was continually scrutinized for the potential incitement of sin at one point she's flying and a tsa agent pats her down and goes quote you're really not that big unquote thanks i said <laughs> which is like what the fuck like she says the silver lining of the debacle was she felt that women like trusted her more at least now because like they could relate like a lot of people ended up coming up to her being like you're a body positivity oh, icon okay. which is like yeah. oh, okay. um <laughs> anyway a little bit after this she finds out that John Mayer has been just hanging out with her parents at her parents' home. What <laughs> like the just fuck? having dinner. They say, "Oh, we love John. He he plays his guitar for us. He's so charming." Like they they're just like he ha- he has them under their spell. Sorry, these parents need to go to jail. Literally her parents need to go to fucking jail. Dude, um, my parents yeah. started hanging out with my ex. I'd literally fucking disown them. I'd yeah. be like, "Who's sad?" yeah That's he horrible. he starts like showing up at events it's it's bad oh, God. Um, then the john mayer playboy interview comes out oh do you remember this no mate i'm from the uk okay <laughs> it's just that this was like a crazy moment okay um, okay so what year is it it's 2010 okay This is what he says about Jessica in the Playboy interview. Quote, that girl for me is a drug and drugs aren't good for you if you do lots of them. Yeah, that girl is like crack cocaine to me. Playboy, you were addicted to Jessica Simpson? Mayor, sexually, it was crazy. That's all I'll say. It's like napalm, sexual napalm. That's correct. There are people in the world who have the power to change our values. Have you ever been with a girl who made you want to quit the rest of your life? Do you ever say, I want to quit my life and just fucking snort you? If you charged me $10,000 to fuck you, I would start selling all my shit just to keep suck, fuck, just to keep fucking you. <laughs> so he basically is like, I would sell everything to fuck Jessica Simpson. He then goes on to say black people love him he goes quote what is being black it's making the most of your life not taking a single moment for granted taking something that's seen as a struggle and making it work for you or you'll die inside not to say that my struggle is like the collective struggle of black america but maybe my struggle is similar to one black dudes playboy do black women throw themselves at you mayor i don't think i open myself to it my dick is sort of like a white supremacist. I've got a Benetton heart and a fucking David Duke cock. I'm going to start dating separately from my dick. <gasps> yeah, and that's like not even <gasps> all. Yeah. So like this is the point at which she's like forever done with John Mayer. She's like, oh, don't this talk to po- me again. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? The actual fuck john mayer is he had a a streak for a while of just being like the worst person ever he uh, uh, i'm speechless that fucking yeah she also she like has in her final talk with john mayer she like he basically just reveals to her that like she was material to him he was like you were such good material he was like breaking up 
and getting back together with her all this time to like torture himself so he could like write good songs about her oh it's a very classic songwriter yeah this is like his battle studies era Mm -hmm. um anyway she's like fuck this we're nearing the end finally okay she she meets her current husband eric he's like this meditation football player like vegan vibes whatever he seems like he's a healthy man who like actually likes her brain and likes getting to know her um which is a first i feel like for her she at this point they get engaged they have two kids and then they get married they're like so in love they just need to have kids after the kids she decides to get a tummy tuck sorry a partial tummy tuck right at this point she weighs 107 pounds right but she doesn't like the flap on her skin from birthing children but she's also drinking a lot during this point and her doctor actually calls her while she's on a trip to the bahamas and is like stop drinking we can't do this surgery for another couple weeks and you need to be sober like well they can't like do surgery on you if you have alcohol in your system yeah because it like th- i think it thins your blood and like it's yeah. really fucking dangerous it's like hella complications yeah and even if you're not drunk like her she, her liver levels were so bad at the point they were mm. like we can't do this on you no she like kind of cuts down but she doesn't she doesn't delay the surgery she just goes in it's fine but she's not satisfied with the results so she goes in for a second tummy tuck and ends up getting complications she's in the hospital for like two weeks um she's tummy tucked okay she finally takes her kids to the mickey mouse clubhouse or whatever she like does this like spiritual trip to disney to like heal her relationship with the mickey mouse clubhouse and while she's taking a picture with her kid a woman comes up and is like britney britney oh my god it's britney and she's like literally fucking kill me bruh this whole fucking yeah she has this britney complex i'm like it's not britney's fault like what in the fuck yeah i just no 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 i can't stand this mickey mouse clubhouse narrative like she's like the the rest of it i'm like fine okay you've got hella trauma but the mickey mouse clubhouse i'm just like dude you just didn't get in like you did an audition and you didn't get in yeah she's like very sour about this whole thing it's definitely not britney's fault like it's not britney's fault britney's going through her own fucking thing also britney had the breakdown like 50 times as bad as she did so she ended up getting shafted right like britney yeah the tabloids came harder for britney someone called her britney at disneyland yeah anyway um (laughs) that's That's a chapter that's like literally (laughs) the end of it her third child is born and she's like living happily ever after now at this point when she releases the book she seems to be like at a healthy weight with her children, her husband, sober. and she's sober. At this point now that we're being recorded, and I don't want to like talk really spend much time talking about anyone's body because I literally sure. don't know her, but all I'll say is like she looks I'm I'm concerned, I think. For her well being. For her well being. She's looking like perhaps she's like trying to fit back into the daisy dukes mm. um role well, that she was playing i wish her well i hope her her demons are 
squashed at some point. It's like she's reckoning with all of this like body stuff and like, I don't know, all of this, like all these expectations for her body. And like at the same time that she's realizing that this is like fucked up and toxic, like she's still engaging in it. She needs to take some magic mushrooms. She really does. (laughs) Or like some ayahuasca or something. Do some some soul searching maybe. Yeah. Well, wow. Miss Jessica. Well, I enjoyed learning. Yeah. I think, yeah, it kind of just speaks to, well, especially if you're a woman in music, you've got to like, you have to be your own advocate. Yeah. Because people will take advantage of you. Yeah. I mean, like most men in her life were profiting at some point off of her. Well, there you go. Like SNL and late night shows were so cruel back in the day to everybody to britney like any just like female celebrity yeah like the shit they would say it would not fly these days like it was just brutal so i don't know it's it's a completely not relatable story in a lot of ways and then at the same time like we've all you know like had experiences with shitty men and like you know been sexualized too young yeah 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 well Thank you for telling me about Miss Jessica Simpson. I feel knowledgeable. I feel very informed on the John Mayer front now. I'm like, bro, oh. yeah, that doesn't even, yeah, yeah. This could be a four-parter if we really wanted to go into John. Go in. Is all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. He really had his redemption arc though. Like he's still like, like people still love John Mayer. Oh, they yeah. don't care. They don't care. That he was well, like, my dick is a white dude, supremacist. Fucking like, I think I'm a black man. <laughs> what are you saying? Oh god, that one's bad. Also, like Chris Brown is just fully Grammy nominated this year. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh god. I mean, the music industry is so lawless. There's no yeah. HR department. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, slags. Yeah, let it. Let me let, write in. Write about in any have... Jessica Simpson stories. Yeah. If you Do you love her music? Let me know. Yeah, let us know. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at Slag Radio Pod on Instagram and at Slag Radio on TikTok. Lastly, please rate and review wherever you are. It helps us a lot. Yes. And we'd love to hear your feedback. What What do you love and hate about the Slags? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.